Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 131 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Dwayne. Uh, and of course, joined by my co-host Connor Hurley. Hurls, how has your week been, bud? And uh, how is your how was your Fourth of July? Uh, week's been good. Fourth of July was good. We're about just under three months until the Sabers home opener. Feels yeah. like a lot longer in the dog days days of summer here. It feels like years until the Sabers are going to play hockey again. It so, does, man, it really, really does. It's been about three months. Um, it's about a six-month offseason if, if your team doesn't make the playoffs. So we're right in the middle of it. Um, but, yeah, this is an interesting time of year. In the time after free agency and the time before training camp, uh, not a lot going on. But uh, the end is in sight, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and it's, you know, you, you said it right there. Uh, when, you, when your team doesn't make the playoffs and – this year was really kind of like the first time, you know, you felt true heartbreak after the season ended in a while because you were right there. You were within, you know, I think we might even speculate on this show. So watch this team miss by like a point, you know, to a team like the Islanders or Florida in a game where you lost that you should have won or something along those lines. And, you know, for the first time in years, you know, it became heartbreak and not just an expectation that the Buffalo Sabres were going to going to be golfing this off season uh, quite early. Um, but, you know, uh, after I wouldn't say an eventful start to free agency, but the Sabres were active and went and they signed Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton and, you know, are in the process of hopefully uh, tying up their own, uh, you know, internally in Donlin and power. Uh, there's definitely a lot to talk about. Debrinkat signed today uh, or it was traded today or yesterday, sorry, yesterday um, to the Detroit Red Wings a team that I believe he grew up uh, rooting for. So, I mean, I guess it's good for him. Um, and then obviously we saw a player that we both kind of, you know, in speculation, you know, in hopes that Kevin Adams would go against the grain of NHL GM hood and, you know, offer sheet Keandre Miller. Well, it's too late now. He just signed a two-year deal with the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, offer sheets don't happen anymore, unfortunately. It's really – 
really annoying that there is some type of unspoken agreement between NHL GMs, even if it wasn't the Sabres, because I think that possibility was a lot less likely after Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton were signed. I think yeah. the, defensive nep- the defensive depth at this point is probably as good as it's been in a pretty long time. So that pipe dream was a little bit out the window. Um, but any yeah. other team offer shooting the Rangers, I think would have been great because they probably wouldn't have been able to handle it. They signed Keandre Miller to a basically a bridge deal because they can't afford to sign him to the contract that he deserves at the moment. Uh, right. I read something today that the contract that they signed him to, I think it's, I think it was two years, 3.3, 3.4 million or something like that. It's I a bridge it deal. It, yeah, it's, it's with it's in the threes though, because um, he's a young kid. He's obviously a very good defensive defenseman. Uh, and he deserves a lot more. He probably deserves in the seven, eight range. Um, but it's a deal that he agreed to sign in the hopes of getting a bigger contract in two years. So it's something that's probably going to make it more expensive for the Rangers down the line. And it's something that they felt like they needed to do right now. Um, so it's a bit of a gamble on their part, but they're at least hoping that cap, their cap situation is going to be better in two years than it is right now. Yeah. Um, two years, 3.9 million. Yeah. So it is what it is for them. And it's, it's good that they get him locked up and, He's one of their future stars and their current stars, and it's good for them. But I would have at least liked to see a little bit of uh, a little bit of action, just from, some kind uh, of action. GMs. Yeah, but you know, is what it is. It doesn't really happen anymore. So no, it sucks, I, man. Kind of have to live with it. Speaking of like offer sheets, obviously we have some experience here in Buffalo with that with Thomas Vanek when he was offer sheeted by Edmonton. Did you happen to see that highlight? Uh, it was some type of uh, charity game in, in Minnesota. Uh, Pavel Barber was there. Um, and he did a insane lacrosse move and, you know, tucked it between the goalie's legs. And then Thomas Vanek skates down on a breakaway, does like a bunch of fake lacrosse moves without the puck, kind of like poking fun at the bear. And then just classic Thomas, the Thomas classic banner just rips a slap shot on a breakaway and blows it by the goalie. I don't know if you saw that or not. I thought it was incredible. Was it, was it recent or was that back in the day? It was like in the last 24 hours, yeah. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. But uh, Oh, it's amazing. incredible. You know, if it's second year, we'll try and pull it up maybe at the end of the show. But I thought it was hilarious. He just he was just like literally with no puck. The puck was in front of him, just kind of poking fun of it, fun at it, and then just literally just hammers his puck by the goalie, like the top of the face-off circles. <laughs> he had no clue it was coming. Yeah, like only like only Vanna could do on a on a breakaway. On a breakaway, sure. right? Yeah. Remember the first time he did it, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Alex DeBrinket, uh traded from Ottawa to the uh, to the Detroit Red Wings. Um, pieces coming back. There was a conditional first, Dominic Kubalik. I think there was another draft pick there and a prospect, a defensive prospect. Uh, you think about it, kind of at, at, at face value. First, you kind of think Ottawa got fleeced because it is Alex DeBrincat, a young scoring winger who I think he's already scored 40 once in this league, hasn't he? I think so, yeah. So yeah. So you think that their return would have been a lot better, but at the end of the day, they gave up virtually nothing to get the Brinkat. So really, you know, they're just adding pieces to a team that's rebuilding that not many thought would have been this far back in the rebuild actually to start last season because people had them slated ahead of Buffalo to start last year. Yeah, uh, two-time 41-goal scorer, actually. So Oh, he's no proven, shit. Okay. He's proven he can produce, but that was with Patrick Kane uh, and Jonathan Taves with the Blackhawks when they were a little bit 
higher higher form at that point, uh, a little bit closer to what they used to be. So that's with some top tier line mates, um, and which he potentially could have in Detroit. Uh, he could be with Dylan Larkin. He could be with Lucas Raymond. He could get a, a few different people around him. Um, what I found interesting was the contract. Uh, four years, $7.7 million a year. Uh, and if you're yep. keeping track at home, that is uh, $600,000 more than the Sabres are paying both Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins. Yeah. Uh, so those contracts continue to be a steal and they will always be a steal for as long, I guess they're six more years each. Uh, I think seven in, in the case of Dylan Cousins because he just signed it this year. Uh, and even Dylan Cousins had more points than Alex DeBrincat last year. Dylan Cousins had 68 points in 81 games, and uh, DeBrincat had 66 points. Uh, not to mention Tage Thompson had 47 goals and 47 assists last season. So yeah. that's a bit of a joke. Uh, so they overpaid a little bit to to bring one of their hometown kids home, which sometimes you have to do. Um, I'm hoping the Sabres – don't do that for Patrick Kane at some point this year. Uh, yeah, I'm a, not. A discussion I, I, for another day. Uh, I don't think they would, obviously, a different no. situation in terms of age and uh, future projection. Um, but that's what the Red Wings did, and it's something they felt like they needed to do. Um, it's, it's interesting, though, because I think a lot of people would say that the Red Wings are hunting to get out of the bottom of the Atlantic, just like the Sabres are, but they're not nearly as far along at this point. Yeah. So I, I like – I like the JT Copper signing. I thought that was a nice, yeah, it's a great deal. Depth, depth contract for them. I mean, they might have had to overpay him a little bit, but sure. I think that's a piece that's going to help them in the long run. A guy who had a lot of like comparisons to players like Chris Jury and Ryan O'Reilly coming out of college. Um, you know, good two way center, um, but I don't think he moves the needle for the Red Wings and the Brinkett helps, but. They're still a little far away. So you have, you have Cider. Uh, obviously, you just recently signed Larkin finally to a long-term deal. Um, you have pieces in place, but they're still much further away than what Buffalo was to start this past year. You, you, you still you, you, There's still a lot of answers you need uh, on your blue line, um, depth down the middle. Uh, there's a lot that they need to do, a lot they need to address. But to bring gas certainly helps, uh, and it's good that they got him locked up on not a long-term deal. I think it was a four-year deal, yeah. but you know, uh, still a lot to do there uh, for sure. But with that, you know, with that being said, you know, we started off the show talking, you know, about Buffalo and what they've done, the defensive signings, signing, you know, bringing back a few pieces of their own and Jost and um, they brought back Rusak. I think I can't remember if it's a two-way deal or a one-way deal. Uh, probably a two-way, I think, but yeah, I think it is. Um, still no answer on what's going to happen with Victor Olofsson. We thought that at the draft, he'd probably be gone. He isn't. Jack Quinn is going to start the season on IR or LTIR or whatever it is. Um, not really sure who fills his shoes, whether it happens internally or Kevin Adams go out, goes out and finds that answer, but you brought up Pat Kane earlier. I'm not out on board with Pat Kane. I mean, we might as well talk about it. He is with the leads of the list of free agents. Um, I'm not in favor of bringing Pat Kane here. I don't know this team is ready for Pat Kane. You know what I mean? Like, that's a signing you make when you're trying to, you know you're going to make the playoffs, but you want to do some damage in the playoffs, and you hope that maybe he could be a depth piece, a guy they can plug into your power play, a guy with playoff experience who knows how to win, knows what it takes to win. 
I don't know if the Sabres are quite there in that situation yet. Do I think they're going to be a playoff team? Yes. But do I think they're a playoff team that's in this position that is ready to go and sign packing? No. Um, then you have guys like Vladimir Tarasenko are still out there. I got, again, that guy's a little, get a little longer in the tooth too. Like, I, I don't know, really know in terms of where you go, if you are going to try and find externally a replacement for Patrick, uh, or sorry, uh, Jack Quinn. Um, but me personally, we've talked this before. I want that answer to come internally. Yeah. I mean, ideally that would be the case. And I think Kevin Adams and Don Granado are kind of hoping for that as well, whether that be Yuri Kulik or Matt Savoy or even Zach Benson, like we talked about last week, one of these young guys to step up, I think is their ideal solution. But at the same time, like that's asking a lot from 18, 19 year old kids. Um, You never really know how their games are going to translate to the league. Obviously Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka were very, very good as rookies last season and their skills from the AHL translated pretty well to the yeah. NHL, uh, but at the same time, they were 30, 40 point scores. Um, if you could bring a guy in with a little bit more consistency, with a little bit more jam in his game that's played in the league for a long time against these older guys, more physicality, I think they have to at least look at those options. A name I've seen floated around in the past few days is Thomas Tatar. Uh, I think, I think he potentially could be a really good option. Uh, probably is not going to cost you that much, but also. He's going to bring that experience that you need in a middle six role on the wing. He's a proven goal scorer. He had, he had a pretty down playoffs, only one point in 12 games with the Devils this past season. Uh, but I think he had six, 60 plus points. He's proven he can play in this league. He's a veteran guy. He's played in playoffs. He's played on a lot of good teams. So a guy like that, I think, would be really good. Uh, in terms of the Pat Kane discussion, I think it really comes down to price, like, and it comes down to fit. Um, really. And like I, I personally think in the three to four million dollar range, uh, that's obviously a hometown discount. Maybe someone's going to give yeah. him more. Um, he's obviously the type of player they already have. Uh, pretty strong offensively. Doesn't really do much defensively. Um, I personally think he's basically a better version of Victor Olofsson still. Um, so I think it really it depends. But like on the flip side of it, can you imagine the boost in the story in the homecoming? the Sabres signing Pat Kane would bring like that is something that cannot be underestimated. Like the hometown kid, Jersey Jersey sales, that first game, like everything about it would be absolutely incredible. Like the feeling that it would bring to the city is not something that can be understated. So as, as, as much as you can say that analytically, he's not a good fit stylistically, he's not a good fit, everything else what Pat Kane would bring to the Buffalo Sabres coming home at this point in his career, yeah. at this point where the team is, I think is something that you absolutely have to think about. Yeah. Again, I'm not. My, my question is, do I want to hold a player back because of Pat Kane? Yeah. I think that would just be a year or two. And I, and I think that type yeah. of development is worth it. So, scenario, Zach Benson comes into training camp and just shocks and awes everybody. He's everything is advertised and more. He's out there, you know, walking around Owen Power or whoever, fill in the blank, and just really impressing and making it very, very hard uh, for management to send him back to junior. But, you know, 
would you still want Pat Kane? Well, I think Pat Kane is is more of a potentially early to mid season acquisition. Um, I think he's having surgery. He's having surgery himself. Um, so I don't necessarily even think he'd be ready for the beginning of the year. I think this is something that we think about down the line. If Zach Benson comes into training camp, gets to, I don't think he gets to the season without being on a without being sideways. From what I, from what I've read and heard, that I think that's ex- exactly what his plan is. He he sees what's happening and he joins a team which I think best suits his interest at the time because I think there's something that he's dealing with that he needs to to get fixed himself. But no, I mean if Zach Benson comes into training camp and earns a spot in the middle six, like I think that's the ideal solution. If that's Yuri Kulik as well or Matt Savoy, um, I think that's like obviously from a cost perspective, that's what the Sabres want to happen. And also drafting and developing has been their philosophy for the past few years now. So, yeah, ideally, that would be great. Um, but at the same time, like I don't know if Zach Benson is in his rookie year is have, giving you the same exact impact at a ceiling as a guy like theoretically Tarasenko or Patrick Kane or even Thomas Tatar is going to give you. So that's the that's the price you have to to pay, and that's the decision that you're going to have to weigh within yeah. your organization. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think they would love one of these guys to step up. But if the possibility of bringing one of these older, more experienced, proven guys is there, I think that you got to look at it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get you. Might, I'm not going to say you're wrong because I don't think you're wrong. I just uh, I don't know. I'm indifferent, man. I, I don't know about bringing in Patrick King. I just yeah. I think as, as, as much, as, people, as, much as people say they'd be upset that. about it, if it happened, everyone would be through the moon. Oh yeah, so, there's no denying that. There's no denying yeah. that. I just he he's coming off a pretty serious hip injury. Um, I'm pretty sure it was zip. Uh, I just don't know what ver I mean obviously you're getting again a much older older version of Pat Kane than what we're used to seeing on the ice you know over the last decade but I don't know man I just don't know if I'm ready to keep back a player that's when that spot becomes available whether it's just not just because of Jack Quinn but maybe Olafson on the way out the door like I just don't know internally I want to keep that player back because of Pat Kane I just but again, maybe it is a midseason acquisition. Um, we've always heard of rumors that Pat doesn't actually want to come to play for Buffalo because of you know off ice issues in the past. Um, that he just rather stay away. But I have to also imagine growing up in Buffalo, going to games back when it was the Marie Midland Arena, then the HSBC Arena, then the first Niagara Center, and now KeyBank Center. You know all those before you know when that that arena was first built going to games with his dad, playing hockey in the, in the driveway, wearing your favorite player's jersey. Like, it, it, you know, you know that as a kid, he was reenacting scoring that game-winning goal to win Buffalo their first ever Stanley Cup. So I'd have to imagine in the back of my mind, it's also a, a dream of his to maybe don the blue and gold or the red and black. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm indifferent about Pat Kane. Um, I won't hate it if it happens, but I just don't need it. I don't need it. Um, yeah, but we'll put that conversation to bed, I guess. Um, also, uh, on the on the agenda, Rochester bringing in two new assistant coaches, uh, Nathan Pache, uh, former Zonia Chara Slapshot survivor, um, and uh, his name is escaping me all of a sudden. Uh, Vinny Prospel. Yeah, Vinny Prospel. 
Uh, many believe he might be bringing him, Prosper might be brought in to help uh, mentor some of the Czech players that are now in the system, uh, Czech and Russian players, uh, which, I mean, if that's the plan, great. Yeah. But um, it just seems Buffalo has a knack for keeping alumni around the organization, uh, players that have come up through the Academy of Hockey or the Junior Sabres organization, players that have been coaching there. Um, I still agree. I still think that they need to upgrade their own bench around Don Granado. I just don't feel comfortable with the staff that he has. Maybe he does. I just, I don't understand it. Uh, why you guys, why they let Mike Pekka walk away when you could have easily brought him up to be on your own bench. And I think that would have been a much bigger upgrade over Matt Ellis. Um, but again, that's why I don't make the big decisions. Just your thought on those, on those two uh, signings to, you know, join Seth Apper behind the bench in Rochester. Yeah. I think Rochester has been in a pretty good place for a good amount of time now. Uh, they've, at least had a lot of success and in terms of the development down there and the culture and everything else, it seems like a really good place to play and a really good place for these young guys to go. Um, Nathan Page, obviously a Rochester American legend. Uh, he, I think he's played the second most amount of games for a defenseman in team history. Um, he's obviously been with the organization for a long time. Uh, he's been great in the community there. I was reading uh, everything about, Nathan Page to the Rochester Americans feels like it's a perfect fit. So I I, I don't think you could bat an eye at that one. And it seems yeah. like it's probably going to be a pretty good fit and a pretty good deal for them. And Vinny, Pros- Vinny Prospel, like he's an absolute legend. Uh, I obviously knew the name, but I was reading about his career today. Like I think he has the third most points of any Czech player in NHL history. Um, he's been around the game forever. And he's also been coaching for the past seven, eight years. Uh, he was behind the bench for the Czech team at the World Cup of Hockey in 2016. And like you said, the, the Sabres have uh, drafted a lot of Czech players recently and mm-hmm. European players along with that as well, the the Russian connection. So I don't think that can hurt. I, I really don't. Oh. And at, at, that, at that level, it's all about development. It's all about getting these guys to reach their full potential and not rushing them along too quickly. So yep. it seems like the combination of the two from both an offensive and defensive perspective, it seems like they probably got what they wanted, uh, given the situation, like you said, with Michael Pekka that transpired this summer. So yep. I think it's about the best that they could have done there. And uh, I think they'll be hoping for the best in, in both of those cases. Yep. And you know what? Uh, Vinny Prospel, like, he had such a sneaky good career. Like he was never a guy that was a top five or top 10 in scoring in the league, but he was always a sneaky, sneaky, good player. I didn't even know he was coaching. When I saw that name, that hire, I'm like Vinny Prosper. Like what? <laughs> like yeah. that guy's still, still hanging out. Like I didn't even know he was coaching. Uh, just like you, you said you read into it, but um, I, I agree that when you're drafting players from these areas of the world that they come here, it's a culture shock. You know what I mean? Like, it's a different style of hockey for them. And, you know, when you're trying to brand the, the style of hockey in, in Rochester after what you're doing in Buffalo to make the transition easier, you, you need coaches in place that can communicate as best as they can with the players. And when you're when you're bringing in so many players from that area of the world, it just made sense, right? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I like the signings. I, I Again, I, I mentioned earlier uh, Nathan Pace. Uh, Sedonia Chara slap shot survivor. I'm not sure if you remember back when they were wearing the slug jerseys, but 
he laid out in front of a Chara slap shot and took it right to the head, almost like unfazed, <laughs> like gets up and then meets Chara on the boards. And he says, I was like, you hit me in the head, man. And then I remember being on the bench, him, his helmet out. And you saw the giant divot from the puck in his helmet. I was like, holy shit. I was like, I hope, I hope he was nice enough to autograph there for you after the game. You got it hanging up somewhere in like your cabin out on the lake, just as like a souvenir, because that'd be something pretty cool in my opinion to have like that. You one of the very few that took a hundred, you know, a hundred mile or slap shot to the dome and survived. Yeah. An absolute warrior. I saw that highlight when he was, when he was signed yesterday, like, yeah. First of all, like just going headfirst in front of a slap shot is just a wild move, especially an NHL slap shot, but let alone Zidane Chara, which is probably 105, 106 miles an hour. Um, that is just, I don't know how he was able to get up from that, especially back in the day. Those helmets don't feel like Nothing they would have the, the ability to withstand that type of power, but gosh, he's lucky. Um, but yeah, that, that video is pretty wild to see right now. Yeah. Another signing in the off, uh, this offseason, uh, actually just about a day, a couple days ago, uh, Philip Zadina, after being waived by the Detroit Red Wings, picked up by San Jose, uh, former top five pick, I believe, right? Yeah. Zadina's a top five pick. Uh, gets a second chance in San Jose, a fresh start uh, on a team that's also in the midst of a rebuild, you know, probably trading Eric Carlson from what I saw from Elliot Freeman in the next coming couple days. Uh, looks like it's between who uh, Pittsburgh and Carol. Is it Carolina? I think I saw Carolina somewhere. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see a reunion between him and Brett Burns. Um, Gosh, that, that defensive core would be absolutely insane. And to add a guy who can move the puck still that coming off a hundred point season, like Laven, Burns, Orloff, Carlson, that would be, that would be something. Yeah. I mean, that's pushing all your chips in the middle, right? Yeah. I mean, they kind of have to at this point, like they've, they've, they've been there for a few years now and they haven't gotten over the hump. So yeah, if you, if you go out and trade for Eric Carlson after the season, he just had like, that is really, really going for it. I'd be interested to see it. And of course he's got to hope he stays healthy. Yeah. Um, I've always been a big fan and a big supporter of Eric Carlson, even though like I personally, up until this past season, I wouldn't have wanted him on my team because obviously the price tag it would cost, the contract you'd be taking on. Even if San Jose it was to eat some of it, it's still a hefty contract to take on for a guy who has had trouble playing an entire season for quite some time now. Um, but I've always just loved uh, his swagger, right? Back when the, so much. the mustache, the pointy, the pointy, uh, the pointy tipped mustache, just the flow. I know he's kind of uh, geared away from that now, but uh, I, I've always, always, always loved Eric Carlson and his game. He's just a, you know, he was a good, he's, it was and still is a good ambassador for the game, but he's always such a fun player to watch. Yeah, he's, especially last season, you saw what he's capable of still. Uh, one of the best de- defensive, offensive defensive seasons in the history of the NHL. He plays with so much creativity, so much skill from the back end. Um, it's, Seriously, almost unlike anybody can ever do. It's it's Bobby Orr-esque, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that's the closest comparison. Brian Leach, maybe. Um, and it's it's what Rasmus Dahlin potentially could get to. I, I really do believe that uh, in this current system and what we saw last year and even the end of the year leading up to that. Um, it's the type of offensive potential that he has. And I think it's it's a guy he's modeled his game after, obviously, growing up. 
Um, and it's the type of game that he's willing to get to. And it's also a player he can now compare himself to because uh, it's once his extension is, is signed, it'll be eight years, probably 10 million a year. Um, he will be the third highest paid defenseman in average annual value of any defenseman in the NHL. Um, I think it'd be Aaron Carlson, Drew Doughty, and then Darlene. So we'll see what happens when that actually comes through. But yeah, it's it's someone that he can actually put himself tangibly up there uh, with now. And that's probably a pretty wild thing for him to say. Yeah. Another thing too, uh, stepping away from Eric Carlson, I, I I knew this was coming, but I, I didn't realize kind of like the record or, you know, the history he'd be making. Jeff Skinner this season, as long as he plays a full year, will hit a thousand games played in his career. And it, it is absolutely batshit crazy to me that a player that has been as productive as he has over the course of his career, especially five on five, that that man will hit a thousand games barring injury and never, never appeared in a single playoff game. Well, he's had some pretty unfortunate circumstances. He's gotten really unlucky at the times he's come up with both the Hurricanes and the Sabres. I guess he's only had two opportunities, but he's with the Hurricanes before they really got good. Mm-hmm. And then he was with the Sabres after the rebuild and he's yeah. been there through two rebuilds now. So yeah. hopefully this year ends that drought. Yeah. So I hope so too, man. Uh, you know, sneaky, great numbers. He'll, he should, he should at the very least in his career be a four, 400 goal scorer. Who knows? Maybe if he plays long enough, we could be looking at a 500 goal scorer in his career. I hope, you know, he ends his career in Buffalo because he's a fun player and a fun, fun guy to watch on the ice and a fun guy off the ice, you know, his between two stalls bets have always been, you know, uh, since they've started those have been fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I hope to see more of those next year with different players. So uh, also um, one of the questions I, I was asked, asked to bring up today, have the Sabres done enough? If this is the roster we go into next season with barring a defensive trade, because I think you need to make one. Are we comfortable with this lineup going into the next season? I say yes. Um, And I really do think that's dependent upon the consistent growth and development of of Devin Levi. And I think that also speaks to their confidence in him after what they saw in the last seven games of last season and what they've seen throughout his career from juniors into college into where he is now. I think they're as confident as they are with the defensive additions that they've made and where their forward group is and drafting and developing like we talked about and potentially guys stepping up that they are, they're confident with him as their one, a starter this season and whoever that second guy is going to be the Sabres have only really made noise in the history of their franchise when they've had really good goaltending Um, when that's, either been Dominic Hasek or Ryan Miller. You go back to Tom Barrasso back in the day, and even before that, back in the 70s. And Barrasso was the last goalie, I think, at this age. I mean, I think Barrasso was actually 18 or 19 years old when he won the Vesna and the Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Um, but, that, I mean, that's a completely different game, too. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm comparatively, saying, yeah, yeah. Historically, he would be the last one to so, step in at such a young age and – had the impact that he had um, on that team in particular, that Sabres team, you kind of hope that you get some type of shade of that. Um, 
you know, some type of shade of that in, in, in Levi. And I do believe it. You know, you, me and you have talked about it. You know, I think mentally and physically he's up to the challenge. Um, I think the, one of the biggest obstacles for a goalie that there are uh, for any goalie is mentally being able to get past a bad game or letting in a bad goal. Like that's such a, for a lot of goalies, I'd say most goalies, that is probably one of the most difficult tasks because, you know, anybody can be flexible or in shape or, you know, athletic, but do you have the mental capacity, the mental strength to let the certain things go, like move on to the next shot, move on to the next game? And I thought we saw that when, you know, I feel like Detroit went in a shootout where he let in six goals, I believe it was. Uh his attitude after the game, he was all smiles and said, you have to be handle and handle adversity in this league. This is the best league in the world. Like these guys just, these guys are very, the best at their profession, you know, and you're going to get scored on and to have that type of an attitude and for him to battle in that particular game and not give up, not, not that you would give up, but not, you know, let the previous goal affect the next shot, get through that, because he was a big reason they won that game. They won in a shootout, stopped all three shooters, uh, made a couple huge saves in overtime, made a, a one big save at the end of regulation to get that game to a shootout. Uh, I, I see those attributes in Devin Levi, and I say, yes, I think he's up to the challenge. Yeah, I know. I absolutely believe so, too. And it's the thought and the discussion we had during those seven games that yep. he's absolutely going to be in the NHL this season, and it really comes down to how much they're going to play him and how much they can work him in his first full season. So I think it, it really depends on how he performs and how he develops. And we'll see, like you, you never know, but I think he's absolutely going to be the starter on October 12th at home, first game of the season against the Rangers. And then if he plays well, then you go from there. Uh, I think you take it a game by game basis. And yep. that's how this team should look at it. I know the bills are all about that. They're only focused on this week um, and they don't like to talk about future projections or, rivalries down the line or anything like that. The NFL is obviously a little bit different than the NHL, but yeah, yeah. I think you really do take a game-by-game game approach, especially with such a young team. Like they're going to have a lot of guys that are potentially going to have a lot of opportunities to come in and make an impact and no bigger than Devin Levi, especially with the lack of moves they've made to potentially uh, put some type of obstacle in the way for him. I think they yeah, probably the could have made an offer for Connor Hellebuck or UC Saros or Semyon Varlamov in free agency or even Tristan Jerry or one of these other guys, but they didn't. I'm and surprised. that volumes about where they think about him. I'm surprised Pittsburgh brought back Tristan Jerry. Yeah, especially where they are right now because they're kind of on the cusp of are they rebuilding or are they going to go for it? Still? If they could find a way to make it work money-wise that they should have went after Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, that probably would have been a better idea. Um, yeah, or even John Gibson, um, hometown kid coming back. So who knows? Just, um, running back the same goalie to me doesn't make much sense, especially Crosby's a year older, Malkin's a year older, Latang's a year older. Like these guys aren't going to keep giving you 80, 90 points a year. No, no. But as long as you have those guys on your team, like you can't think that you're you're rebuilding. Like you're still going for it, you know? Obviously, yeah. like you you have you have younger guys that are are still going to provide for you. Like Gensel's obviously a really good player. Um, Latang still got it. Uh, they they have a lot of guys that are going to produce still. But 
Yeah, I think Tristan Jerry, like he's, a, I would say he's a top 10, top 15, top 10 at best, top 15 goal. He's a quality NHL starter. Like his numbers have proved that over the past few years. Um, but yeah, the goalie market's interesting. It really, really changes from year to year. Um, I think we've discussed for a long time that we would love a more solid veteran option to pair with Devin Levi for, for a lot of different reasons. But as time goes on, I think that possibility gets less and less likely. Um, obviously it's a long summer and anything can happen. And even something during the season, who knows, especially if UPL doesn't they, perform the do way he does or again, what's that? Do they carry three goalies again? It seems like that's a possibility, right? Like, like with every, with everything that we've seen, I like, Eric Comrie seems to be beloved in the locker room. And I think they like where UPL is on a one-way deal. Like he has yeah, to. Exactly. And yeah, I think they liked what they did. can't be both. For the most part, I think they liked what they got out of him last season, especially with the de- the defensive liabilities um, that the team okay. had. And they're hoping that at least that's a little bit better this season. I think it's a possibility. And, you know, like I think a lot of – I think fans would hate it. And I think it would be oh they will no absolutely yeah, I think it would it'd be discussed and debated until the cows come home but like whoever you stand in there if they play fine like they get you wins I don't think it really matters right like obviously yeah. Levi's the number the number one option and you go from there but yeah I don't know as long as there's consistency and as long as there's guys back there that you can trust and defensive responsibility and less puck watching and more responsible coverage in front of the net. Like the entire situation is going to be better no matter who's back there. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, And hopefully we get these Darlene and Owen power deals worked out this week. I know it was originally rumored that would be happen on the first on July 1st. It hasn't come yet. Um, Seeing the, seeing the number for Keandre Miller, who I believe is only like a year or two older than Owen power. I don't get those much you know, much of a difference in age. Um, I mean, Keandre Miller wasn't a first overall pick, but he's been a very effective goal, uh, defenseman for the Rangers. Do you think that negatively impacts the number that Owen Power probably wishes he might get? I don't think so. Uh, Keandre Miller is 23 and he's played most of three seasons in the NHL already. And Owen Power is 20 years old and he's had one full season. So I think his projections are way higher than Kendra Miller's. I, I really do believe that. We're they're about as high for any NHL defenseman, not named Rasmus Dahlin, especially at the age that he is. So yeah. I don't necessarily think that affects him. Um, I do think a bridge deal is a possibility. Um, I also think it's different than what Rasmus Dahlin signed. Uh, he had a three-year, eighteen million dollar deal um, back in twenty twenty-one. So but he had already played three seasons in the NHL too. So that is also a little bit uh, more similar to Keandre Miller. And also like Rasmus Aline's career didn't start as good as Owen Powers. So I think what he did in his rookie season puts him on, puts him in a different stratosphere than even his own teammate. Um, I think if they're able to find a common ground there, whether that be a Dylan Cousins, Tage Thompson type situation, or it's a bridge deal, I think they try – to do what's best for both the player and the team. Um, Cause it seems like he's also a really good fit in the locker room. And clearly he's going to be a solid NHL defenseman for the next 10 to 15 years. So no, I, I, I don't think the, the, the Keandre Miller deal uh, affects Owen Powell. Well, 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 yeah. I don't think so either, but it's a conversation that I, you know, for I, sure. I just think that 
even I mean, though I, I, I think Owen Power is arguably better than Keandre Miller already. I don't so. think it's even arguable. I think he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, as a 20 year old log, 19, I think he started the year at 19 years old. 20, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. He did from day one. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, it's tough to put that type of faith in, in, into a defense, a rookie defenseman, but the Sabres did, and I thought he thrived. Um, and now hopefully you find that his version of Samuelson and Clifton and you see a leveled up Owen power offensively, because I don't think you could have really let him off the leash last season because of just the lack of faith in whoever his defensive partner was from night to night. Um, now I think you might've found it preferably, you know, in Connor Clifton and you got a guy that might get let off the leash a little bit and, you might see more of that Michigan Wolverine version of Owen Power who went to the net a lot. You know, you find himself in front below below the dots on the power play. A guy who wasn't afraid to engage offensively. Um, I would say the only thing I would prefer to see a little bit more out of him is maybe a little bit more jam in his game. Uh, he's a big guy, very big body, uses size a little bit more. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying go out there and fight somebody or run somebody through the boards, but I'd like to see him finish his checks a little more. I think if there was one thing I'd like to see more out of him would be that because I think the offensive side of his game is just there. It's going to come. Um, you don't have to bait it out of him. Um, I think it's just having the stability in the guy next to him uh, is what's going to help that. Uh, whereas if I, if me, what I would like to see the improvement on Owen you know, Power is just playing his size. You know, I think yeah. that. What I, want. I mean, I, I think a more physical presence from the entire team yeah. uh, I think oh, yeah. is, is absolutely paramount, uh, given the the type of game we watched them play the past couple of seasons. Of course, like their offensive upside is through the roof. Um, but the games we saw them lose and the games we saw them struggle with, I think it was a Hurricanes game at home yeah. last season, um, a few other against similar types of teams that are more veteran, they're more gritty. They, they get down low, they forecheck. Um, you need to prove that you can stand up to teams like that. And especially as you hopefully get into the playoffs and you're playing that type of game, uh, yeah. I think they need to prove that they're not just a bunch of young, skilled guys, that they can actually stand up in the corners yeah. of these guys and have that physical presence. And with Jordan Greenway and even Tate Thompson and Owen Power, you have these tall, big guys. And I think that yep. you don't you don't have to fight, but you at least do have to – have a physical presence and show that physicality in a lot of different aspects. So I think yeah. they will. I really do as they continue to grow and improve. From Paramat Pictures, Tarasenko now would be nice too. Um, yeah, I mean, can't hurt, right? It wouldn't <laughs> Just, hurt, yeah. It wouldn't hurt, it, yeah. It, it depends, uh, on, it depends the on the term and the money. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Is he signing for one year? <laughs> then, yeah, sure. Bring him on. Let's go. Yeah. Um, why not? Throw him on that first power play. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I think that does Tarasenko play on your first unit? I think he could. I think I think he could do Darlene Thompson, oh, Skinner, Tarasenko, uh, Cousins. I guess. I mean, they could talk off that line. Tuck, yeah, obviously Tuck over Cousins, but yeah, I mean, and that and that that makes you have a tough decision, obviously. But yeah, you know, I I think uh, yeah. I mean, I think you you obviously put a guy with one of the best shots in the league on your first power play, right? Yeah. Like you put him on that right board, as we talked about, maybe with with 
Olsen. Obviously, he's really, really good from that spot. But, yeah, I mean, that would be pretty lethal. You'd have he to imagine. Leads me by the next question. Is Olsen on this team to start the year? Because <sighs> I think he is. I'm, start I'm starting to think yes. Like, given that he hasn't been traded yet, and I think his market is probably pretty down. As we've discussed, like, in the type of year that it is, uh, I think his contract would be pretty tough to take on. Mike, not go on, Alfredo. I don't, I don't know what that means, but. Um, I think, as we've discussed with the, with the cap increasing at the uh, in the summer of 2024 and him carrying, what, like a over $4 million cap hit for a guy that basically just does one thing, um, I think a lot of teams have been scared off by that. And as we've seen, like, not a lot of trades have happened. So maybe it's, yeah, who knows? Maybe it's the Sabres retaining some salary. I don't think they would want to do that. But I yeah. think give it as the longer he stays on the Sabres into the summer, I think it's more and more likely that he's on the team uh, this season, especially with Jack Quinn's injury. So, yeah, uh, if, right now I would say that he probably is. Yeah, I, I think you're right too. Um which isn't the worst uh, thing in the world. I really don't it, think so. It, it, it's hard to replace a 30-goal score. You just, they no, just don't grow on trees in this league. And I think he, he knows what he needs to improve, too. Like, they had that discussion at the end of the year. And I, from what I've read, like, he at least acknowledged where, and I think it's very apparent where he needs to improve. It's along the boards, getting tougher, being more responsible defensively. Like, as a wing, you really don't have to do that much. you got to be responsible for your guy at the point. Yep. Get get the puck off the boards. Be a good outlet and get it on four his check, own. And, you know, at least, you know, four check, knock guys off pucks. Be a little bit better in the neutral zone. Not too. just be a perimeter player. Yeah, you know? and we we know what he can do in the offensive zone. So yes. if he at least improves that a little bit, and I think that comes with strength and skating, and I I think that he can be a more impactful player at both ends yeah. of the end. I really do think so. So we'll see. But, yeah, I think it's – yeah, it's probably pretty likely that he is and – yeah. yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's it's better than than we've come to see previously. Who was going to trade for him though? Uh, again, I've always been you know Vegas. I know Jack was really high on him. Maybe Jack could advocate bringing him in. Um, Carolina, I think, would be a good fit because he, you know, they're already so good defensively that I don't see a guy like Olsen coming in and really breaking. You know, they play in such a disciplined system where. You can afford to have a guy like him that's strictly there to score goals. Um, I'm sure there's a few other teams out there that might, you know, make a good fit for him. But I don't, I don't disagree with Kevin Adams with holding on to him right now because if you're going to trade a guy like that who's who can score 30 with ease, uh, you get your value for him. You don't just settle for a fourth or fifth round pick. You know, you're better off just holding on to him then. Yeah, for sure. So, um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Not really. Uh, I think we've kind of really covered it. Uh, obviously, yeah, not, not, not too much happening right now. Uh, we're in the dog days, dog days of summer here. So yep. we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I, it seems like uh, there could be something coming up. Obviously, we've discussed, like, who knows with Darlene and Power, but I do think it's closer than it is to being farther away. Yeah. I think hopefully before Literally. the end of the month, before the end of the month, it seems like it's a possibility. Um, and it's probably just like legal jargon at this point, uh, yeah. rounding out the details of, of the contracts. So yeah, of course, I think we'll have a, we'll know a lot more once that happens and maybe the Sabres are waiting until they do that for uh, a big impactful move. Yeah. Uh, once they have a better idea of what their cap picture is going to look like for this season. Um, 
that's probably the most likely scenario to be honest. Once they get both of those done, then maybe they'll be like, okay, we can do this. Whether that is a goalie or trading one of those defensive defensemen that are in, uh, in depth roles at this point, or potentially finding another forward. So we'll see, but I, I do think those, those two deals will be the linchpin for a lot of, of different things that happen this summer. Yeah. Um, off topic. Um, I, myself, and I'm not sure what was Sons of Anarchy. I don't know if you feel everyone's familiar with the show. If you watched it, was that really filmed in California? Uh, I've never seen it, but really? I had to guess like 75% of shows are, or at yeah. least like at least the older shows, I, like not as much anymore. I'm the hooked film, on that show right now. Hooked the film on. and TV industry right now out here is just a mess. Um, so many people are on strike. Writers are on strike. Directors are on strike. Um, everything about it. So I, I've seen certain scenes and based upon what I've seen, like the canyons and the mountains and the deserts and everything else, like it looks very California, but uh, I can't confirm that for you, but you can probably look it up. Yeah. I, uh, uh, actually, Kim Coates, apparently a Buffalo fan. Love to hear it. Um, but I, I'm hooked on that show right now, man. Like I've, I've heard it's great. It's something I've always wanted, a show I've always wanted to kind of get around to watch is never did. I was bored. I watched the first couple episodes of the first season. Absolutely hooked. It's all I'm watching right now. I'm just about to finish the second season. Um, after I just finished Yellowstone, they're in their mid, mid uh, mid-season uh, break right now. Obviously, after you know, we just recently heard that that, that show's getting canceled. Uh, this is gonna be the final season, which I think is a mistake personally. But um, I've loved watching Yellowstone. I'm, you know. In, in it right now with, with with Sons of Anarchy, just having such a blast watching that. Um, I'm, I'm I can't remember what the term is, you know, for somebody who likes to kind of like sit around and uh, what are those what, what are those words called? Uh, you know, the type of person you are. Um, a person who could who rather be inside, just relaxing, taking naps. Introvert. Than, introvert. Yes, yes. I'm an introvert, man. I love just binge watching shows sometimes and. That's currently what I'm doing right now. Like on a 90 degree day, like I'm inside, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I know you guys love your weather and your hot weather out in Cali, but I just, I can't do it. Like I've, Up until the past two weeks, we haven't gotten much sun this year, but I think we're finally back. It's been 75 yeah. and sunny every single day for, for about a week and a half now. So yeah. I think we're back. Um, actually, a uh, tiny bit of news. I think I will be able to come home for the home opener. Um, Let's go. The Bills also play. The Giants' uh, first Sunday night football home game for the Bills in God knows how long. Yeah. Um, the Sunday after the home opener against the Rangers. So I think I'm going to be able to come home for both of those games. So uh, maybe we'll be able to finally meet in person. Yeah, let's go, buddy. I'm pumped. Yeah, we will. We'll definitely get to a game for sure. It'll be a great time. Uh, get you in, get you back on the KeyBank Center, uh, formerly known as KeyBank Library. Uh, now it's back back to where it should be, the KeyBank Center. Uh also, shout out to uh, Dylan Baker. Met him today. Uh, I was walking out of a store uh, buying after work and recognized me, I guess, from the show on YouTube and uh, said he loves the show and I just want to give him a shout out. You know, he says he, you know, he's like, yeah, you, you, Hurls and Cully, just love watching you guys. So I've uh, got one too. Uh, my sister's back in Buffalo and yeah. she was down at a brewery at One Seneca Place. His name is Dave. Uh, he says he's seen the show before. He makes a beer. Uh, it's called um, Other Half Tables on Tables India Pale Ale. So, Dave, if you're watching, 
shout out to you. Thanks for watching. Yep. Appreciate the support. I have to try this beer. Uh, it literally <laughs> has a dude jumping through a table is the label. Um, so it seems right up our alley. And right. yeah, uh, one Seneca, one Seneca Tower down there in downtown. So if you get the so chance, are you the one? Are you are you the one leaking the pictures of Josh Allen and Haley? No, no, those that's ridiculous. Uh, those are um, agency photographers that it's like down in Cabo. They have these like long range lenses, and they do it for like a variety of different celebrities. But they like are literally out on boats, and they are able to like take photos from not they don't work for tmz um they were it's a bunch of different agencies but yeah okay. um I, the new york post got the first photos of josh and haley and now that they're like an item um thankfully we got the photos of them like proving they're an actual couple so that was was a big story i just never seen so much attention just a couple kissing i mean like, he he had to he had I to know what he he had to know what he was getting himself into well i mean I he know. already his, his status in in the world right now uh, obviously on the cover of Madden. He's oh, the most polarizing as many have ever seen. Um, I'm so proud of him. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, I think it's great. Haley Steinfeld's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you follow Friday Beers at all, but she's been the Friday Beers girl for, for a long time now yeah. after they uh, they got ignored by Dua Lipa. Uh, she seems really cool. She seems really nice. She's obviously very talented. So is he. Uh, I think Both that... experts at throwing things with precision. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. think it's uh, is that a is that a Marvel reference? Yeah. Okay. I haven't I haven't seen any Marvel movies. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I think it's a perfect perfect pairing, and they are probably the uh, hottest young couple there is right now. So yeah. shout out Josh and Haley. We love you guys. Love you guys. Right. Uh, speaking of that writer strike, it's actually holding up a movie I've been waiting for a while. Uh, <clears throat> the reboot of the the Blade franchise. Mm. Or the Wesley Snipe movies with Blade. Uh, I forget the actor that has taken taken the role. I forget his name. He was in the Green Book, but that's one of the reasons why that movie hasn't been released yet. Kind of disappointing to me. I've been waiting for that one to come out for a while now. So, I haven't seen those either. But you know, I'll get to what? it. What? I don't know, man. I'm not a, not a huge movie guy. Uh, I've, I've I've tried to be a little bit better about it recently, but yeah, there's a lot of definitely an there. easy watch for those three movies. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, if you're a Wesley Snipes fan, you know, I guess you know, it's something you should watch for sure. Uh, yeah, but I'm ju I'm just about all tapped out. Uh, short one under an hour today, guys. Uh, remember, uh, this has been brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on George River Boulevard. Uh, when you get over there, let them know the boys took from two goalies when Mike sent you. They'll take care of you. Hurls, uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, well, excuse me, a little, little burps there. Uh, yeah, I got nothing left. So, um, actually breaking news, uh, my girlfriend just messaged me. Her nephew's team won their playoff game 15 to one. Wow. So, we'll click for them. Close one. Close one. Really close. <laughs> Look at the golf clap. I like it. So, did, Vic, uh, did Victor Olofsson play and get two empty nets at the end of the game? <laughs> well, it was baseball. baseball. Oh, okay. Not, not hockey, baseball. Yeah, I probably uh, should assume that middle, baseball, middle, yeah. middle of summer. And I mean, you know, what's the, what's the equivalent in baseball of an empty net goal? Uh, I mean, like a single or a double, like when you're up by 10 runs, just like adding insurance runs on, onto the end of it. Maybe a home run, I guess. I don't know. Is that, when they, is that when they put their like their out of relief pitchers and they just throw 
they're like they throw like a like a backup catcher like a position yeah position position player pitching yeah he, that's, throw, that's he throws like he just throws knuckleballs yeah all right yeah you just, you just hit you, you just go yard off one of those guys yeah um but yeah congrats to him uh and you know we will talk to you guys next week uh and uh we'll see you soon Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Come on, let's go. To the Blue Hotel I wanna live At the Blue Hotel The podcast that goes everywhere The imagination dares It's for the open-minded The pleasure seeker It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality. Theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.